Okay, so this will all make sense after you get through the episode, but at the very end of the episode, I do a kind of deep dive on one of the uh, NFL people that uh, I discuss. It'll all make sense if you stick around. Thanks for listening as always. Hi, this is Ashley, the host of Taboo and Murder. I have a special episode today. How to Survive Thanksgiving with Your Racist, Xenophobic, Trump-Supporting Family. A little wordy, I know. Note, this is satire and would work well if you want to stir the shit out of the pot. I'm making no claims as to how your Thanksgiving will turn out if you follow any of this advice. So you've been warned. I usually have an episode script or a ton of notes that create a solid outline for an episode. Not today. We're flying real loose. Tabooies? Booze, tabs, note to self, don't try to make a cool nickname for your pod, especially on the spot. Nothing can top Marnerito or Arm Cherries. Oh, before I forget, listen to the Dollops episode on Thanksgiving. I think it might be a year or two old. It's great and told only in the way that Dave and Gareth can. They dance that line between laughing and uh, looking for a razor blade perfectly, in my opinion. Okay, political talk is taboo. Let's try a couple quick combos so we're all set for Turkey Day. I know, I hate it too, but someone will call it fucking Turkey Day, so let's prepare. But her emails! I know, are we really still talking about her fucking emails, Uncle Joe? Yes, but now we're talking about Ivanka's emails. Please, tell me what double standard you'll apply to excuse your party. Oh, and the fact that you find Ivanka fuckable isn't a reason. And 30 years of projected sexism on one woman, Hillary Rodham Clinton, that's off the table too. Crickets. Uncle Joe switches topics. Well, it's a good thing we have someone tough on immigration in the White House. That caravan of MS-13 gang members is that right? MS-13? Yeah, confident. Fox and Friends said so. That caravan of MS-13 gang members is on their way. They could be here any day prior to an election. We must support our troops by giving them meaningless work so they can miss another holiday season with their families. Because fucking patriotism. America. Joe, you know that the fires that have been ravaging California, you know about those, right? Why not send the troops to rake the forest floor? Supporting the troops doesn't mean what you think it does. We support war. We are expected to be unquestioning of our troops in a time of war and when they are deployed. We don't give a shit about vets. We cut funding for their health care over and over and over again. We allow damaged men and women to slowly die or find peace in taking their own lives at the well-known rate of 22 people a day. So supporting the troops is not the same as supporting vets or service people. Yeah, that's how it's going to go, Joe. You know, it's coming, and here it is, Kavanaugh. Take a couple of breaths. Let me stop you right there, Joe, before you say something that is unforgivable, okay? Judge Kavanaugh was credibly accused of sexual assault. The Senate, with instructions from the president, did not do an investigation that would confirm these allegations. They did so intentionally. A vote was guaranteed to pass because it was something that Trump 
needed to validate his own past with sexual assault. Not even to get the fucking Republican base fired up and out to the polls. No, just for his own personal interests. So I could go on about the power structures that are entirely broken, Uncle Joe, in the Senate that allowed this to happen, but I won't. Instead, I'll say this, with the benefit of hindsight, whose career was ruined by bringing up these allegations? Christine Blasey Ford has had to move her family at least four times. She's still receiving death threats. She hasn't been able to go back to work. Judge Kavanaugh, he's wearing a black robe and sitting next to RBG. Don't tell me that accusations will ruin a man's career and reputation. We know that between the Supreme Court and the White House, there are three men credibly accused of sexual assault making decisions for over 300 million people. Integrity, honor, America, right? From a New York Times opinion piece published on November 17th of this year, the year of our Lord, 2018. I had to do it. Shout out to the dollop. Everyone listen to the John McCain episode on the dollop too. Um, It's fabulous and just in the same spirit of this podcast. Anyway, the New York Times put together a list of safe things to discuss this Thanksgiving. They are the food, clothing, the drive, dogs, television, the weather, and football. Two comments. Fucking boring unless there are dog pictures or actual dogs around, and football. How could something like football become political? I know, I think the author was being a little cheeky. So key words here, football, political, Colin Kaepernick, Nike, Take a Knee, CTE, Aaron Hernandez, and the one solid um, piece of information I actually pulled uh, last night was um, kind of a breakdown of all of the crimes that have been actually, um, they've they've fully gone through the court system and this is just at the NFL level. So I'll go over a few of them. I won't read all of them because it looks like I have like eight pages of notes here. Yeah, we won't go through all of them. Kevin Allen, he was a free agent when he uh, committed the crime of sexual assault. He was uh, convicted of 13 years, excuse me, 15 years and released after 33 months. Will Allen, he was retired, money fraud, um, or money, uh, wire fraud, uh, etc. Six years in prison, three years to be supervised, and then ordered to uh, pay restitution of $16.8 million. Michael Bennett was cut after he was convicted of wire fraud, only served 15 months. Um, Josh Brent of the Dallas Cowboys, charged with intoxication and manslaughter, 180 days in jail, 10 years probation. That's ridiculous. Uh, Weapon counterfeiting, boring, boring. Uh, Conspiracy to commit murder. Ray Carruth, Carolina Panthers, conspiracy to commit murder. 24 years. His projected release date is October 22nd, 2018. (gasps) Did that guy get out? Oh my God. Ray, R-A-E, Carruth, Carruth. Carruth is what it sounds like uh, or looks like phonetically. Um, Of the Carolina Panthers. Make a note. Did he get out? last month. Interesting. Um, burglary, Cecil Collins, Miami Dolphins. Why are you burgling shit if you are making that much money? My God. 15 years, uh, released after serving 13. 
Uh, oh my gosh. Maurice Claret. This is a long one. Armed robbery, possession of a concealed weapon. Oh, that's just layering crime on crime on crime um, for heightened sentences. Convicted to seven and a half years. Um, released to a halfway house after less than four years. Uh, securities fraud is boring. Extreme DUI. Michael Floyd. New England Patriots. Oh, the fucking Patriots. Oh my god. Um, that could be an episode. The New England Patriots. They're taboo. Everything about them. I don't like football. If you like football, you should probably just stop listening to this podcast because, like, we just will have nothing in common. Um, so Michael Floyd, New England Patriots, extreme DUI. So 24 days in jail, 96 days of house arrest, 30 hours of community service, and a fine of $5,115.99. Floyd was found unconscious in his car in the middle of a road at 2.48 a.m. with a .217 blood alcohol content. He originally faced seven charges but pleaded to one. It's weeks. Oh, this is interesting because I'm a realtor. Irving Fryer retired when he committed conspiracy and theft by deception. A mortgage scam. Five years? Doesn't say how long he actually went away for, though. Dwayne Goodrich, Dallas Cowboys, criminally negligent homicide. He was convicted and sentenced to 12 and a half years for a hit and run accident. He was released after serving approximately eight years. So Thomas Hollywood Henderson was retired. Uh, he was convicted of sexual assault and then bribery. He was actually sentenced to four years, eight months, which I will always say is shockingly low when it's sexual assault. It's a violent crime. It should be treated as such. He was released after serving 28 months. Daryl Henley, Los Angeles Rams, drug trafficking, attempted conspiracy to commit murder. He was actually convicted of 42 years. His expected release date is March 28th of 2031. Aaron Hernandez, the New England Patriots. He is probably the most well-known because he took his life in 2017 while he was in jail. Um, so he was convicted of first-degree murder with a sentence of life without parole. Uh, the 27-year-old former tight end for the New England Patriots hanged himself with a bedsheet attached to a window in his cell um, at the Sousa Baranowski Correctional Center in Shirley, Massachusetts, April 19th, 2017. There's nothing that I can say that is not going to be covered way better in the series Gladiator. It's a podcast. I think the Boston Globe also did a print series. Check it out. It's fascinating. Um, from Football Inc. to CTE to the, you know, looking the other way, um, bending over backwards to allow these young punk kids essentially to do whatever they, to do hood rat stuff with their friends from that meme. Um, they let them get away with anything, encourage them to do like just about anything short of getting caught um, and encourages maybe a little too strong. Of a, of a word but they certainly allow for an environment for um 
shenanigans, you know, to come up pretty regularly. Um, so they highlight that in that series and it's really fascinating. I think his sexuality is the least interesting component. Um, and uh, I think society just hasn't come far enough to uh, allow that to not be a huge component of the story for good or bad. Um, but nonetheless, check out that podcast series. It's really fascinating. And it says so much about like the, the Patriots themselves, the, uh, you know, NFL Inc. Um, and then also, you know, the, the whole football system starting from, you know, like peewees or whatever the fuck you call it. Um, so uh, conspiracies, money laundering, um, all kinds of other like kind of benign crimes are uh, what are, are making up most of these. A lot of drug possession, a lot of drug use. Um, ooh, evidence tampering. Well, that's interesting. Um, Dexter Manley, he was on the Washington Redskins. He was charged with drug possession and evidence tampering. Oh, it's not that exciting. He served four years years um in 1996 and then two years in 2002 for those separate incidents um only serving three years total that doesn't surprise me at all dave megjet retired well he must not have had a very good attorney criminal sexual conduct and burglary must have been a weapon involved 30 years previously convicted of misdemeanor sexual battery bam morris that's a name Drug trafficking, not a huge sentence, not that interesting. Eric Naoski, he was cut after he uh, was accused of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Still alive, kicking it. Nate Newton, retired drug trafficking. He actually um, received a pretty like big sentence, seven and a half years, but only served two. Uh, more armed robbery, tax evasion. I don't know why all these fuckers can't pay their taxes. Like, don't you have people to just like keep that shit going and do some Trump, Trump like tax loops and keep all your money? That's kind of crazy. So multiple murders by Robert Rosier, Rosier. Uh, yeah, I think it's Rosier. That's the American way to say it. Um, so multiple murders. He was convicted of four murders, served 10 years, and placed in witness protection after testifying against Yawan Ben Yawan, later sentenced to 25 to life on check kiting charges under the three strikes rule. Oh, that's good that they got him back at least. Some more forgery, theft. Oh, there's a lot of gambling stuff too. Darren Sharper, retired, rape, multiple counts, 20-year sentence. So also sentenced in the United States federal court to 18 years running concurrently. Concurrent sentences are fucking bullshit. You're basically saying you're guilty of this crime. You're guilty of this crime too. They both have these big sentences, but like, we don't want you to be in jail for like, you know, four decades. That would be crazy. All you did is like rape several people. So we're just going to run those uh, sentences concurrently so that you don't have to actually pay for the crimes that you committed fully. Okay, cool. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Awesome. So he 
had uh, the privilege of having his sentences run concurrently with the 20-year sentence imposed by California, as well as sentences in Arizona, Nevada, and Louisiana. While the federal conviction is shorter, it does not allow for the possibility of parole, giving it a later date for possible release. Still fucking bullshit. Concurrent sentencing needs to be gone away with, particularly for violent crimes like rape, which is a violent crime. O.J. Simpson. Retired. Robbery and kidnapping is what this says. Nine to 33 years. So I think we all know O.J. Simpson. He was acquitted of the murder of uh, his estranged ex or ex-wife, depending upon what source. It was very clearly that they were separated. Nicole Brown Simpson had called the police eight or nine times prior to um, I believe uh, O.J. Simpson murdering her if he did it, you know, wink, wink, um, allegedly doing it for just to cover my ass. So um, six or no, sorry, eight to nine times the police came out. One of those times the police asked what was uh the pro like what was the problem and like well, what what asking nicole like well what did you do to make him mad <laughs> as he's like trying to break down her door and another time somebody showed up um the juice you know did his talking spiel and won over the cop and the cop ended up leaving with an autograph for his son i'm sure that cop is real fucking proud um so oj simpson there's not much i can say about that piece of shit other than i think that he did it and i think that it's only the political atmosphere in the wake of uh well everything the race riots every everybody knows it uh why it happened the way that it did um, Anthony Smith uh, was convicted of first-degree murder um, and is actually serving three life sentences without the possibility of parole, which is great. C.J. Spillman, Dallas Cowboy, sexual assault, five years, still in jail. A lot of uh, continued alcohol conspiracy. Oh, dogfighting. Michael Vick, of course, he is trash. Michael Vick, Atlanta Falcons. Um, dogfighting, he was only in jail for 23 months. And then, of course, he came back onto the football field to make money for a bunch of people and then be told that he's a role model. Everybody gets a second chance. America. Oh. God, so many terrible, terrible things. Well, in the world in general, but on this list. So um, this is a biggie. I'm going to end with this one because uh, Keith Wright, he was cut after multiple charges, including sexual assault, armed robbery, kidnapping, and burglary were um, brought against him. He was convicted. He is um, in jail still um, 114 years uh, to life plus 120 years. And it does not say if it is to be served concurrently or consecutively, but I don't fucking care. He's going to die. Um, so it's a series of home invasions and assaults. You mean sexual assaults, which are also violent, but in a different and entirely more demeaning, scary, terrifying way, in my opinion. So that's all the obvious shit that will show up on the football political Venn diagram. Why are D1 colleges making millions of dollars off of students while the players receive no payment in the form of a trust fund would be great in my opinion. Football as a moneymaker or as the host of Gladiator says, Football Inc. chews up and spits out players making money at every single step. 
I have an entire episode planned on the profit-driven systems like Amazon and the NFL that create an environment for extreme wealth to be accumulated at the top while standing on the backs of so many uh, that will be sacrificed when it's convenient for the money makers. But that's a different podcast, like I said. Um, listen to Gladiator. It is a podcast focused on Aaron Hernandez and it's incredible, but it shows so much more as I rambled on about, um, for profit prisons, the NFL, I feel like I'm close to some connection. I need to work on that. Anyway, so this is a good rant to listen to before, during, or after Thanksgiving. There are lots of Uncle Joes in the world. It's unlikely we'll change their views. So I say this knowing it's crass as fuck. We just have to wait for them to die off. Look, this has been fun. I know. Um, I don't know how to handle people with differing opinions. I don't know how we should handle these family members. I've made the personal choice after heated conversations that some people in my extended family share such different values. I find their character unattractive. Therefore, I'm making the choice to not engage with these people. It's taken me a long time to realize that for my mental health, I can't converse with people who are flagrantly racist, homophobic, xenophobic, and sexist. And now I'm a mom, so I can't expose my kids to that shit either. I don't want to. I won't. So I don't. I understand that is a privilege. Some people don't have that option. Maybe you live with an Uncle Joe. Maybe Uncle Joe is your teacher. My one tip, invest your time and passion on something or someone worthy. Not the Uncle Joe's. All joking aside, I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving filled with lots of laughs and love. So bust out your coping mechanisms and take a Xanax for good measure. Safe travels and don't get knocked up when you return to your hometown tomorrow, huh? You don't want to have a baby with someone you haven't spoken to since high school, okay? Thanksgiving is the biggest drinking day of the year, so for real, be safe. Thank you for listening to this special Surviving Thanksgiving episode. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. So if you haven't picked up on it by now, I am a fall-down-the-rabbit-hole kind of person. It's just my nature, kind of all or nothing. So Ray Carruth, he was released from prison after serving 19 years in the murder of Cherica Adams. And I apologize if I'm saying that incorrectly. So this is from October 22nd, 2018, which was the date of his projected um, release. So I'm going to read the, uh, this article from the Charlotte Observer, essentially verbatim, because it says everything. They ba they basically bury the lead a little bit, but they do a really good job of um, telling the story. So, um, and they obviously have this prepared because he got out of prison at 8:02, and this was published at 8:04 a.m. So they were they were sitting on it. Uh, Clinton. So former Carol. That's Clinton. That's like the town or um whatever town or county some some crap in north carolina um sorry for anybody from north carolina that is offended by that you shouldn't be clinton former carolina panther ray caruth walked out of prison and back into the free world monday at 802 a.m on a cold and clear october morning caruth was released from the minimum custody facility at samson correctional institution about 190 miles east of charlotte he will no longer be primarily identified as offender number 0712822 in the North Carolina prison system. 
He is now Ray Wiggins, also known as Ray Carruth, also known as a free man. About 10 TV trucks and a couple of dozen members of the media awaited Carruth's release in a parking lot that bordered the prison. Carruth didn't speak to reporters before entering a white Chevy Tahoe and being driven away. Tiffany Trice, a longtime friend of the Carruth family, said shortly after the release that Carruth just wants to move on. Ray was picked up by family this morning, and that's all we're going to say right now, Trice said by phone. She said she was with Carruth and that the former Panther didn't want to do an interview and also didn't want to discuss where he planned to live. Carruth must meet occasionally with authorities whenever he live, where, wherever he lives for a nine-month period as part of his post-release requirements. Excuse me. The Carolina Panthers' first-round draft choice in 1997, Carruth served nearly 19 years in prison. In January 2001, a Charlotte jury convicted Carruth of conspiring to murder Sharika Adams, who was nearly eight months pregnant with Carruth's child when she was shot four times inside her car on November 16, 1999. At the time, Adams was Carruth's on-again, off-again girlfriend. Carruth was 25 on the night Adams was ambushed in Charlotte. He was in his third year of a promising NFL career and boasted a net worth of approximately $368,000. Carruth is now 44 years old. His money is long gone, eaten up mostly by legal defense. His 4.3 speed in the 40-yard dash is a thing of the past as well. His disabled son, Chancellor Lee Adams, turns 19 next month. Chancellor Lee has been raised since birth in Charlotte by his grandmother, Sandra Adams. Cherica Adams was her only biological child. Chancellor Lee was born by emergency C-section less than 90 minutes after his mother was shot. He has brain damage and cerebral or cerebral palsy, depending on how you pronounce it, um, owing to the blood and oxygen that he was deprived of during the chaotic minutes after the gunshots. Cherica Adams didn't die immediately of her wounds and saved Chancellor Lee's life with her haunting 911 call, but she did pass away four weeks later in a Charlotte hospital. In 2016, Adams uh, told me that she and Chancellor Lee planned to meet Carruth at the prison gates so that he could see his son and she could talk to him honestly about the crime he committed and its aftermath. In recent months, though, Sandra and Chancellor Adams both changed their minds about being in Clinton on the day of Carruth's release. Sandra Adams hasn't ruled out Carruth and Chancellor Lee seeing each other at some point in the future. However, while Adams says she doesn't believe her, Chancellor Lee and Carruth will um, ever have a sustained relationship. She also said she long forgave Carruth and doesn't wish ill on him as he re-enters society. Unquoting now, I can't fucking believe that. I think I've said it before, but people have, that have the strength to be able to like forgive for their own sake, it boggles my mind. I would be filled with rage to the point that I went insane or killed someone, I think, in a situation like that. All right, back to the quote. Sandra Adams hasn't ruled out Carruth and Chancellor Lee seeing... Oh, sorry, I went on to that. She says, I want to forgive him so that I can move on and enjoy the fruits of my labor and enjoy my life. Adam said in a recent interview, because if I'm sitting around in unforgiveness, it's like me drinking poison and hoping he's going to die. Yeah, true. Poignant, advanced. I can't, I can't 
I can't process it. Um, so on Monday after Caruth's release, she said she didn't want to make any further comments. Understandable. Caruth hasn't answered detailed questions about the night Sharika Adams was shot in 17 years. In a letter he wrote uh, to, to me in care of the Charlotte Observer in March, he wrote that there was little point in doing so because he would always be considered the villain of this story. Wrote Caruth at the time. In every great piece of literature, there's always a protagonist and an antagonist. The latter applies to me, and that's something that will never change. There's absolutely nothing that I could ever say or do to right my wrongs to no longer be the bad guy. He doesn't argue with the verdict. Carruth's murder conspiracy conviction stemmed from the fact that the jury believed that Carruth had hired a hitman, Van uh, Brett Watkins, to shoot and kill Sharika Adams and destroy their unborn child so Carruth wouldn't have to pay child support. Two co-conspirators, Watkins and Michael Kennedy, who drove the car used in the drive-by shooting and also acquired the gun Watkins used to shoot Adams, testified in court in 2000 that Carruth masterminded the murder plot. Caruth already had another son at the time of Cherica Adams shooting, and he was paying $3,000 a month in child support. That son is now 24. He and Caruth have talked on the phone regularly in the past few years. That son, like Chancellor Lee, never visited Caruth in prison. However, according to his mother, um, Michael Wright. Anyway, um, I'm not going to go on with this article because the biggest component of it I already had said um, I wanted to that he compares himself to a great piece of literature and, you know, being the antagonist, like, no, dude, you decided that you didn't want to have to pay some money and that the best and easiest way for that would be to kill somebody that you had once loved. And she once trusted you presumably and the child that she was growing. And that's just crazy fucked up. So anyway, um, that was my, uh, like 1am, deep dive on Rake Ruth and it's uh, not even surprising that it isn't a more well-known story because there are so many crazy stories but that wasn't that long ago like I was in high school when that happened so I don't know how my murderino ass hasn't come across that story before I guess sadly there are just too many awful stories um and if I'm being candid here the participants are people of color and not white people so it there's probably an aspect of that too that you don't have the pretty white girl effect not my words that's what they call it when especially like little girls that are white and blonde and blue-eyed go missing they get far more airtime. They get um, national coverage, their disappearances. Same thing with Nicole Brown Simpson, you know, and for good reason. That was fucking heinous. She was almost decapitated because of the violence inflicted upon her. It's it's terrible. No less terrible than what happened to Sharika Adams and her son. So um, I, I would have to, I would be remiss to not mention that race is likely a factor in why I had never heard of that story. But um, yeah, I, I hope that you find it appalling too. <laughs> Again, happy Thanksgiving. Please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and please share with a friend. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, constructive criticism, please get in contact on Twitter at SMTaboo. Thanks for listening.